Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Whether this is your first episode, you've been subscribing since day one, or you're somewhere in the middle, I appreciate the fact that you're now on board. Do me a favor. Do everything that you can to help support this show. I keep the show free. I keep the entire archive of the show for free based solely on your support, and I really, really appreciate it. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to, do it on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps more than you know. Also, if you're going to shop on Amazon.com, if you want to buy something that any of the guests on this show are promoting, or you just want to buy something for yourself or a loved one, please go to NotSam.com slash Amazon. It's our new Amazon link, NotSam.com slash Amazon. It takes you right to Amazon. It's the same website. All the prices are the same, except a small percentage of what you are giving to Amazon comes back to help support this podcast it won't cost you a nickel more but it really helps us out and it helps keep the show free for all of you so if you're going to shop at amazon it's not sam.com slash amazon and now on with the show ladies and gentlemen welcome to sam roberts wrestling podcast introducing your host From New York, here is Sam Roberts. Well, here we are again. I have a moment of silence in the home studio. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. As any of you who have listened to this show before know, we may at one point be interrupted by a dog barking or using a squeak toy. We may at one point be interrupted by a crying baby. I can't guarantee these things won't happen, but what I will guarantee is this podcast will be what all of my podcasts are, and that's a wrestling podcast for wrestling fans. I'm a guy who is a fan of professional wrestling who still enjoys watching it. If I didn't enjoy watching it, if I wasn't a fan anymore, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't watch it. So that's the perspective that we come from, and sometimes we have to try and make sense of everything that's going on in in this wacky, wacky world of pro wrestling. Uh, But won't be too hard this week, I don't think, especially on the SmackDown side of things. The build-up to WrestleMania is fast and furious. It's coming up so quickly, and I think that that has to do with the schedule of the pay-per-views that were leading up, the the two post-Royal Rumble pay-per-views, Elimination Chamber and Fastlane. I think that just the way they were stacked left us with a four-week build to WrestleMania that felt like it kind of should have been six weeks, but we've had everything crammed in, uh, and we'll talk about everything that went on this week in the lead-up to WrestleMania, as well as a lot more in the state of wrestling. Uh, And, of course, news outside of WWE, Hardy Boys stuff, uh, uh, maybe a a little uh, Southpaw Regional wrestling. We'll get to all of it. But before we do, I want to recommend that you go over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash notsam, a brand-new exclusive interview with Charlotte. It won't be on this podcast Charlotte was on my Sirius XM radio show, Sam Roberts and Jim Norton. She came, or Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. 
whatever you want to call it. She came in this week, and uh, she was promoting Raw. She was promoting WrestleMania. But we got to the bottom of a lot of stuff. I got to ask her about her pay-per-view winning streak ending the pay-per-view before WrestleMania as opposed to at WrestleMania. Uh, We ended up talking to her about how exactly matches are worked out. Uh, the, 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 The trail that... She and Bailey and Sasha have been on together, the build-up to this WrestleMania as well as last year. Now, a lot of you have been unfair, I think, to my co-host Jim Norton in the comments of that YouTube video. Look, if you're a, a super, super wrestling fan like I am, Jim asked her some obvious questions. But the point is that this was not an interview on my wrestling podcast. This was an interview on our SiriusXM morning show, which is a mainstream, all-encompassing morning show. This is a morning show that the majority of people listening to are not WWE fans. This is the same way, same any like any other morning show you would turn on on your drive to work. That's what this morning show is. And I thought Jim did an awesome job of clearing things up for people who aren't necessarily fans. Also, if it wasn't for Jim asking the questions that he did, Charlotte wouldn't have gone into her psychology around some of what goes on in the ring. And and the, the she gets into this really interesting thing about countdowns and the cues they get and everything that I don't think I would have gotten out of her just because my questions would have been far more inside. But it's a great combination. I get all my questions in that you guys are going to love. And Jim gets her to explain the basics, which you don't hear too often. It's at youtube.com slash notsam. I just uploaded it earlier this week. Now let's get to the podcast interview this week where we can get a little more inside This week, H.B. Shizzle is back on the show. He was just on, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago to talk about his uh, his movie, the Gavin Stone, I don't know, Gavin Stone, whatever the movie was that came out. Uh, But now, his people reached out to ask if uh, Sean could call in to talk about the big click uh, one-night show that is going on WrestleMania weekend. There's so many. If you are going to be in Orlando, which I will be, there's no official Sam Roberts wrestling podcast live event in Orlando. Some of you have asked. I would have announced that by now. We are looking into the future of live events, but it's not going to happen at WrestleMania just because there's so much stuff going on that weekend. But do yourself a favor. Do your due diligence and look at what's going on this weekend. Of course, you've got Hall of Fame, NXT, WrestleMania, and Fan Access literally happening all weekend. And we'll talk about what was added to Fan Access in the state of wrestling. But you've also got WrestleCon going on. You've got uh, it's full of of indie shows that are happening, which we'll talk about some of the indie shows that are happening as well. But as part of Wrestle, I think Jr. is doing a live show. Bruce Pritchard, my pal, is doing a, with Conrad is doing a one man a, a live podcast. But I think that that's been sold out for quite some time. But do yourself a favor and look at what's going on that weekend. There is if unless you need a rest, WrestleMania weekend. If you're there in the city that it's taking place, there is no reason to ever be bored. There is no reason to ever be in that hotel room because there are literally events going on around the clock. And one of these events is a, 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 a Q&A, meet and greet, I guess four-man show, storytelling show with the click, X-Pac, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. And it's a rare thing to happen because if you listen to the interview he did last time he was on the podcast, uh, when he stopped by my SiriusXM show and we put it on here, he talked about how he doesn't really like rehashing old stories. That's not how he lives his life. So uh, this will be a rare opportunity to ask him some questions and to 
get to the bottom of some stories, but we got to the bottom of a lot in this interview. Um, I want you to make sure you listen to the whole thing because he gets into some very interesting stuff about maybe what was pitched to him for WrestleMania this year. We also, do, I mean, we talk about it. We talk about his return in, in the mid-2000s. We talk about a, a lot. There's always a lot to talk about with Shawn Michaels. Uh, I feel very blessed and privileged to have gotten the opportunity to have, you know, a bit of a relationship with him to the point where, you know, we've had several interviews now and I always love talking to him just because he is a walking history of pro wrestling. Um, so check it out. He also gets into the psychology of his character over a more long-term perspective than I think I've heard before. And to me, the way he explains why he's not coming back for one more match in this interview is the best I've ever heard him do. So check it out. Shawn Michaels this week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Well, without further ado, welcome back to the show. H.B. Shizzle himself, Shawn Michaels. What's the haps, man? <laughs> uh, nothing. I, uh, just calling you, man. It seems like I just saw you and promoting a movie, and I, you know, I don't know. I felt like it'd been too long, so I figured we should visit again. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was excited, man, when I found out uh, about this event that you're doing WrestleMania weekend, the Click event, because we actually talked about it a little bit last time that you don't really spend a ton of time waxing nostalgic, like you know, talking about the past isn't isn't your thing. So the fact that fans I guess kind of have the chance to see you and Scott and Kevin and X-Pac and and ask all those questions and talk to you guys about it is kind of a a thing that you wouldn't necessarily do all the time right? Yeah well no certainly I mean you know when all of us get together um, you know that's when you do it but as you know I mean that you know heck that doesn't happen that often everybody's so busy everybody's doing a lot of stuff um you know, heck, we've all grown up for heaven's sakes, believe it or not, and we've got other, you know, other things to do in our lives. But, you know, yeah, we, we are, heck, you know, wrestlers and certainly the clique, we're like a, you know, we're like a bunch of old ladies, man. Once we, <laughs> once we all get together, you know, yeah, we start talking about the past and good times. And, uh, you know, just, again, how, how crazy everything was. And this is something where, yeah, the fans, uh, you know, get to be a part of it. And clearly, you know, Ask ask questions and uh, let me tell you something. One thing they got to know. I mean, kid and and Scott and Kevin, they don't you know they don't sugarcoat anything. And uh, so it's always it's always a ton of fun. Some of the stuff, man, I'm telling you, you know, I, heck, I've forgotten about or they've forgotten about, and then somebody brings it up, and oh my goodness, it's just something that uh, you know you're like, oh man, I forgot. <laughs> We did so much stuff together, you know, between the, the four of us. I'm sure, you know, we've forgotten half of it, and somebody, you know, recalls something. That, and it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, clearly, you know, there's some of it you go, you think to yourself, oh, geez, I don't even want to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's. But, uh, it is. It's an awesome. It's an awesome time. It really is. That's the problem with doing it with all of them, too, is that uh, among the four of you, somebody's going to remember everything. So that thing that you wanted to forget is going to get remembered by somebody. And the other thing that, and I, I, I don't know if it's because of it's this way about wrestling or what it is, but like, you know, I've talked to Scott before and obviously I've talked to 
uh, kid a lot of times before. I was just hanging out with him over the weekend or this week in L.A. And, like, for guys that maybe were, were doing things that would not allow them to remember much, those guys remember everything. Everything. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it is. And I guess, you know, again, I guess I don't know if I've been hitting the head too much or, <laughs> or, uh, but I'm, you know, I, that's one of the reasons, honestly, that I don't do it because, you know, I was always sort of about moving on to the next thing, right. you know, and, and I guess that's, that to me is, is the part of the wrestling business, I guess. And look, yeah, it was that first time probably, you know, hearing Vince McMahon say, you know, you do something, you know, you know, it's WrestleMania, it's the next day. And he says, you know, WrestleMania was a great event. You know, yeah, you know, it goes to the litany of all the great things that happened. Sorry, my dog's barking. Um, <laughs> but, and, but then he says, that was yesterday. Time to, you know, t- time to focus on next year. You know what I mean? And, and so you don't have a lot of time to enjoy that or bask in that moment. And so, man, you, uh, you move on. You know, and, and I guess that's the thing, you know, I've, I got to do that and uh, I just don't, you know, I don't give it much thought and then it drifts into my unconsciousness until somebody at <laughs> an event like this brings it, brings it back up again. Is it, is it, that had to be one of the good things about doing like, for instance, Dallas last year that you could come out, you could do this spot, you could experience it and it could be it. You don't have to worry about, okay, the circus is going to keep moving. What's going on tomorrow? What's the next day? What's the next day? It does just live in that vacuum for you. It does. And, and I'll say that's, you know, not really, I can't say it's one of the reasons, but one of the things I enjoyed, um, you know, coming back in 2002 was taking that time off after WrestleMania. I mean, most people know that for the most part, you know, more often than not, after WrestleMania, I you know I take a break, take off the summer, and, and and you know come back at SummerSlam or something, and and uh, it does, you know, I mean, and that's really the only way you have time to sort of enjoy that, you know, and and look back on it and appreciate that time, and, you know, and, and appreciate sort of you know how that last year's gone and stuff like that, uh, because yeah, for the most part. You're, you know, you're doing it, you're on to Raw the next day, and, and, and heck, you're going to the next pay-per-view in a couple of weeks. Right. And uh, look, w- when you're young, you like doing that. Heck, you know, you you want to work, you want to stay busy, you want to keep going. Um, but, you know, when you get a little older, you, you one, the rest is good, but two, also, you you know, you start to appreciate that, especially when you know you're winding down, and, and uh, you know, it, it's sort of something where, you want to enjoy some of those important moments in your life. Uh, and, 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 and again, that, that's the only way you can really do it is to, you know, is, is to stop for a little bit, take a pause and, and, uh, you know, sit there and, and, you know, take your time to look on it. How did you feel about that? Well, what did you think that run was going to be in 2002? Did you have any clue or at what point did you start to develop a clue that this was going to be a phase in your career that people would, remember just as well if not sometimes better than the first phase well honestly you know yeah i mean as people know i i was just coming back for one match you know that that's yeah i did didn't know what my didn't know what my body could handle what it couldn't handle and so we we didn't we didn't say anything beyond that uh summer slam match and uh and then of course 
you know, it went well, and I felt good. And before I could even really sort of make a decision, I got, you know, I got a phone call, you know, from Vince, you know, asking me how I felt and, and felt good. You know, of course, I got an idea. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, uh, I guess the next thing was, to, you know, the elimination chamber. But even at that point, we were just taking things sort of one match at a time. And I sort of knew that at the very least, December was going to be a time to sit and, okay, sort of really figure out what's going on here. And uh, I think it was in December that uh, Jericho and I did this promo. I, you know, I, I, I lost the championship back to Hunter. And uh, then I think we went out and did, you know, just some kind of promo with Jericho and I. And I was supposed to leave for a while. And I came back from doing that. And then Chris walked back and, and, and both Chris and Vince like, did you feel that? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, that went really well. They're like, no, God, did you feel that? Though? Chris was like, holy cow, man. You know, and of course, they were both like, something's there, something's there. <laughs> and I said, okay. I, I said, I, I definitely feel you. I said, but you, you know, let me go home. And, you know, like, I, I get it, that thing, because everything's going so fast. Like, just give me a second. Let me go home, take some time, and let me think about this. I said, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. I mean, this is just sort of happened so, so quickly. And, uh, I, and I did, I, I went home and, you know, you, you know, you sit and you chat about it with your wife and you go over it and you sit there and, you know, and meditate on it, pray on it, whatever it is people do. And, and, uh, look, I just realized, you know, this is, this is the only thing I know how to do. And, it's the gift I've been given and clearly I feel good enough to do it. So I might as well just come back and do, you know, do the one thing I was built to do and, uh, gave him a call. And that's when we started working towards the, uh, WrestleMania match with Jericho and I at 19. Uh, speaking, and this was a, I think a, a different thing with Chris Jericho, the, the, the storyline between you and Chris Jericho was, up until right now, I think inarguably, like all fans agreed that that was Jericho's, that was the best thing Jericho had ever done. There's just now, with this Kevin Owens stuff, starting to be an argument that it could rival the stuff that you and Jericho did together. What do you think of the fact that, that after all this time, now is the first time any conversation has come up uh, that something might beat that? Well, look, I, I think you know, Chris and I were actually just uh, talking about that gosh, a couple of days ago, and uh, clearly, it, it's it, you don't again. One of the things with with things going so fast, a lot of times you are bouncing from opponent to opponent, but they had time to invest in, you know, the Kevin Owens and Jericho relationship, and 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 put time and equity into that, and so clearly. The more you do that, the more opportunity you have to create some history, you know, and some long, you know, again, the better the relationship, the, the longer you've been with or around someone or the more time you can add to doing something with the same person over and over, the better chance you have of, of doing a storyline like that. And, you know, gosh, Scott Hall and I worked with each other for two years, for heaven's sakes. Right. Um, 
and I get it. That was, you know, clearly many, many years ago. Um, and it's more difficult to do that now, but that's something that again, Chris and I had the opportunity to do. And now he and Kevin had the opportunity to get to do it. But most of the time you don't really get to do that with so many pay-per-views. You've got to try to come up with something new, something fresh and, and things of that nature. So it makes it more difficult. Um, but, you know, I know that, as you know, I mean, fans enjoy that, but that's a little more difficult to do nowadays because the consumer, more often than not, wants something new, wants something fresh. And as a company, I believe they feel like they need to, to change it up. Um, but, with, you know, old school guys like me will always feel like that stuff that you can slow down, that you can take the time to invest in it. Uh, it may take a little longer to build, but uh, the payoff at the end is is always better. But um, you know, it, it's look, it's hard to do now. I mean, there are guys that let's face it, greatness now happens in six months or a year or even two years. You know, somebody has a some consistently good matches for two years, and he's a legend. He's one of the greatest <laughs> of all time. Huh. And you know, and and I don't mean that to you know uh, as a critical thing. It's just. That's how the consumer is now. Everything happens so quickly. They just decide, you know, he's 24 and he, you know, he's had seven, you know, good pay-per-view matches. He's one of the greatest of all time. He, you know, and in our day, rightly or wrong, it doesn't matter to me, but in our day, it took 17 years to, you know, to create greatness when, when nowadays it takes seven months. And so, uh, that's, I think that's just a sign of the times and, and, uh, I'm good with either way people decide to do it, but, you know, I, 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 I'm with you. I enjoy the storyline with, with, with Kevin and, and Chris, but you know, my two cents is that it's because they've had time to, to build it and make it mean something. I think it also takes like a special performer to be able to pull that off, especially now, just because attention spans are so short. It, it, it takes somebody who knows how to work with an audience to really take them on that ride. I think a lot of people, and maybe it's because, like you said, quote-unquote greatness happens so quickly that these guys don't have the experience that it takes to take people on that kind of a ride. A lot of that, uh, yes, yes. I mean, to your point, I mean, a lot of that is is just is time and experience, um, repetitions. And, and again, to make something last long, you've got to do the nuances, the details, the smaller things, those begin to make a huge difference and those are what begin to uh make it something more interesting even though you don't you're not doing much it's the small things it's the nuances clearly that you know that chris knows how to do that and i believe you know, kevin does as well mm-hmm. um but that's but that's where i think you have the ability to stretch those things out because you start to make those really small things you know a look, a, you know, a, a change of expression, whatever. Um, even, you know, just your voice uh, doing something different. You know, you're able to um, intrigue the fans in a way that they, that they do. They start waiting for the next small thing uh, because they know it means something. And, and it does. It takes not everybody, um, you know, can do that. And, and a lot of people don't, quite frankly, I don't think there are a lot of people that that enjoy doing that. Chris is, you know, is it, you know, it's why he and I have always gotten along so well. He and I love to peel, you know, the onion away and continue to pull at it, pull at it, pull at it, and just see 
what it is we can do, what we can get away with, what's, uh, what's you know, sort of, I don't know, some things are, are voodoo that you stay away from as a, as a good guy or a bad guy. You're not supposed to do this, not supposed to look weak or vulnerable or whatever. And, and we just always figured, oh, let's go ahead and try to do that anyway. That's what was so much fun about, you know, our angle was, you know, again, I was, I was the good guy. I was the guy that was lying. And it was intriguing to us to have me be the guy that was lying, stay the good guy, him be the guy that was telling the truth, and be the bad guy. That just sound, sounded like a blast to do and to see if we could uh, continue to, to peel away at that and make it mean something. And, and, and we did. And, and, and that's the enjoyment that uh, some of us get out of the creative process. And is that a similar skill set? Because the, the other thing I was going to ask you about next was I feel like fans right now tend to get obsessed with, like, quote-unquote, the heel turn. Like, when is the good the, when is John Cena going to be a bad guy? When is Roman Reigns going to be a bad guy? And I, I guess what does it take to do what you did, which is you always had the ability to just for maybe a single storyline – start shifting more towards that bad guy area and then snap out of it as soon as that was done. Like John Cena at WrestleMania, you kind of started to go more into the bad guy area. And Hulk Hogan, you became a bad guy for this storyline. And then as soon as you were... And it was like the audience believed you. And as soon as you were done with that, you could kind of put that in the past, start the next thing, and they still <laughs> kept going with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I, and I think I think a lot of that... I mean, and, and I don't mean in a bad way but one of the best things i've ever done is i i never i never got too close i mean i i don't you know i don't do a lot of of and, and again i don't mean it in a bad way but i don't do a lot of listening to to people into this or that i mean cause, because you can it's one it's first of all it's, it's pro wrestling and so one of the i i'm always slightly amused when you know in our line of work, someone says, well, that doesn't make sense, you know, or, 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 or why are you doing that? Because I could ask that about a gazillion different things um, in our line of work. And so for me personally, and again, not, not a lot of people share my opinions on this, but for me personally, I just don't get into any of that because I, I go, look, it's pro wrestling. So for me, I worry about individually what it is, I can do and what I can't do. And I guess the thing that I enjoyed most was being able to essentially, I want to see if I can get away with everything or anything. Again, I mean, I just didn't want to. And again, when I was much younger, it got me into a lot of trouble because I didn't express it very well. But ultimately, um, people understood that it was just me wanting to just see if I could round out the HBK character in someone that felt absolutely every human emotion under the sun and on any given day for any given reason, it would change on a dime. And, and because I think that's how most people really are. Yeah. I don't know anybody in my real life that is like a pro wrestler, you know what I mean? And that is, you know, and it's sort of one way all the time. And so, I just tried to, it was, for me, it was just, it was a constant uh, sort of journey, so to speak, again, you know, lest I sound like some, you know, 
LSD taken tripping, you know, <laughs> dude. But but it was. It was honestly about me just trying to explore every aspect and sort of nothing being off the table and you know, from a character standpoint, being able to say, Look, on this day he's gonna feel this way about that and and if I can do it well enough, I ought to be able to pull it off because it's real. And because I think, you know, every person I don't, again, I don't know any people that are the same way all the time. They, they may tell you they are, but within the walls of their, you know, their, their room, they're not. And, 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 and I liked sort of speaking to that, you know, to that particular individual. And I think deep down, honestly, all of us know that every emotion that, you know, HBK felt at one time, they felt it. Um, and so they, therefore they can identify with it. And is that separation, like you kind of figuring out HBK as a character, is that where you can wrap your head around bringing, like, God in as your tag team partner? Even though in real life you might not – you probably find – you could see where people found that offensive. But sure. you, you were yeah. able to, to, to put it into this world of pro wrestling where literally anything goes. Well, and I did, and plus, that was the thing to me. It was so far over the top. I mean, I, I, I can understand both sides. I can, I, I can understand it being offended, I guess, but at the same time, I would say if you're secure in, you know, for someone of faith or whatever, then you're, you know, and to truly understand grace and mercy and, and all of us being pinheads, for God's sakes, um, everybody has blasphemed Again, even the, you know, with the exception of Jesus himself, every person, you know, has blasphemed the Lord in one fashion or another. They may not have outwardly done it like we did, but of course not. We're pro wrestling. We take everything to the extreme, you know, but I mean, everyone's been offensive. And I think for someone to sort of like, oh, that was you know, too much. That's just them being pious and self-righteous, to be perfectly honest. You know, and and again, it was funny because they all thought I was going to be worried about it, and I said, it's, "Are you kidding? I think it's I think it's crazy, but heck, let's do it." You know what I mean? It's 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 silly, and I don't know. Yeah, I just I didn't take a lot about this job offensive or or personally uh, in my second run. I guess it's because I was took so much of it personally before, and all of a sudden it dawned on me one day dude, it's your job and it's just, and it's a silly job and it's actually a fun job. Why in the heck would you get all worked up about that kind of stuff? Um, so, you know, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I, so I guess the thing is I couldn't do a TV character that, you know, had whatever satanic viewpoints or whatever, you know what I mean? Because of how I am in real life. I mean, yeah. you're playing a part. Yeah. You know, again, it's, I, I, I guess the person that helped me with it the most, it's like, so so the dude that, you know, that plays Satan in the Christmas play, he's some kind of bad person in real life. Right. You know, because I see him, I see him on Sunday, you know, in the front row. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, at church. You know, so I mean, I don't, I, you know what I mean? It's just, I never really understood that stuff. And I think the people that do the sparsing of like, yeah, but you don't understand, man. You got to be in care. But, you know, no, I don't. I mean, I I'm, I don't like people telling me how I have to do my my you know my job. I don't tell them how to do theirs. Right. I can freely step in and out of you know HBK at my at my luxury as long as I'm doing him when I'm at work and I'm doing it well. Quite honestly, I, I 
in my own opinion. And again, I'm I'm okay if you think I'm wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, to me, I don't have to do it when I don't want to do it, especially when I'm not at work. And and really, I mean, anybody that understands pro wrestling has to admit that it was brilliant because all these years later, everybody still talks about it. Yeah, well, again, and, and, and clearly that's certainly one of the things from a character standpoint. HBK was always into something uh, controversial or whatever. You know, I mean, I sit back and I think about, you know, the arc of, of, of HBK. The, you know, the character arc of him over the years. I mean, it, you know, it started you know, in a, you know, from a tag team and a breakup, you know, a heartbreaking breakup, you know, throwing his partners through glass, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, heartbreak moment, you know, with this glass shattering. And then, of course, you know, all of the changes that he went through and it ends, you know, to me, almost Shakespearean, you know, tragedy, romantic, you know, with a heartbreaking loss. And of course, that's where, you know, people are always about coming back for one more and all that. Gosh, I just don't know if I could do that. You know what I mean? Because it would, it would, that'd be like Tony Soprano. You know, you, you didn't see Tony Soprano, didn't see him get shot or anything else. You know, right. the, the lead character, you know, lead character in Sons of Anarchy, man. You don't see him, you know, die the same death as his, as his dad, you know, driving down the highway. But you know, you know, it's sort of a, it, it is, I mean, it's a romantic sort of ending that, gosh, if those characters come back, it's just not the same. You and, know what and, I mean? Yeah, and, that and that's ju- why I get every, I, I've turned out so much money, but it's like I can't creatively, I can't bring myself to make sense of that. And I know that sounds silly, um, which is why I never made as much money, I guess, as I probably should have. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I could never, I could never get past the the creative character stuff, you know, that I really enjoyed doing, and you know, that's, you know, I just can't. But, you know, making money over, you know, that perfect sort of arc and and ending and everything just doesn't seem right to me. But that justification that you just gave, because, you know, you've talked about this and we've talked about you coming back and all that before. And I feel like the justification you just gave is by far the best I've heard, because that to me, I don't think that people realize that this Shawn Michaels character, you can streamline it from the beginning like the guy who was in the rockers was the guy who was the heartbreak kid was the guy who came back was the guy who was with the undertaker like it's the same character throughout and and i don't i don't i I guess people think of your career in phases and that might be the first time that i've thought about it being illustrated as one sort of story from the beginning yeah. until the end, your career is one character's story, right? And, and see, I guess that's the thing for me, you know. And again, believe me, it's, it's when you're the guy, it's different. You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't expect everybody to look at it, you know, because again, I'm, you believe me, I know I'm strange about this stuff. I get it, you know. I mean, I, I, I know that you know everybody, like, dude, it is a business. You just said it was your job, and and they are right, but at the same time. For me, it's it's it, you know it's it's a it's something that I spent 25 almost 30 years painting, and I looked at it and just went, I like it just the way that it is. And to you know, it's like yeah, I could come back and I could do something, and somebody might say, you know what, if you would put this over here, dude, I I pay another million bucks for that. 
but I can't. Right. You know what I mean? Because for, right. for me, it's, it's for me. I see it on the wall, and it looks beautiful. And again, believe me, I get it. That is <laughs> so dumb, so silly. But for me, that's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? And to mess with that is not something that I personally want to do. Just for I don't know another you know, another climb up the same mountain I've climbed up again. You know before. You know. Yeah, totally. Are you are you aware at how much? Uh the internet has in the last year or two fallen in love with your SummerSlam match with Hulk Hogan and specifically your performance in it? Yeah, no, I mean, well, that's, you know, that's the one thing that to me, you know, you, you can't, you know, you can't personally, I think you, you can't pick and choose the parts of pro wrestling that you like and that you dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the great things about it to me. I mean, stuff takes on a life of its own. I mean, and, and, and I, I have, uh, you know, and that's one thing, I, you know, not trying to free plug it, but that's one thing the click did. I mean, you know, sometimes the easiest people to work are the people in the locker room and, and the rest of the, you know, all the people that are so close to the wrestling business. You know what I mean? Because they can take something that is not, not even there and they can make something, you know, you, Pat Patterson taught us that many years ago. He said, sometimes the mind of a, you know, sometimes the mind of a pro wrestling fan is even better than even our own imagination. You know, <laughs> you know, he said, so, you know, so, you know, so we don't always have to show them what it is. Just the idea of, you know, of them not knowing what it is and them just coming up with all these different ideas, uh, you know, can be bigger than we, you know, we could even show them. And so, I mean, that's, and it's true. That's what's so great about it. Um, you know, does, you know, it doesn't always arguably, I guess, from a, you know, if you're worried about the, you know, popular or like, you know, on the likability chart, if you're concerned about those things, it may not always work for you. But again, that was something that, you know, I made that decision a long time ago. That's just, not, you know, I can't worry about that kind of stuff. And quite honestly, I mean, you know, it's never been bad. I mean, to me, I, again, I you know I've in in the thirty years I've been around this, no one has ever once said anything even remotely mean or disrespectful or anything like that to me. You know what I mean? The only place that people have ever done anything, even you know, any wrestling, anything even remotely mean or disrespectful to me has been from behind a barricade or from behind a computer screen, and that right. kind of stuff just doesn't. Well, you know what I mean? And that kind of stuff just doesn't bother me. I mean, I just that's because everyone does that. Um, for the most part, or, or, you know, or I think that says enough about someone, you, you know what I mean? It's just that that doesn't, I don't, that's just not something I worry about. I mean, everybody else in the last 30 years has been, you know, wonderful. You know, it's the people, and that's, that's how I base somebody on how they are with me when they're, you know, with me. And so, um, but yes, I mean, I guess to answer your question, yeah. I mean, it has, but at the same time, look, whatever they, you know, if they, whatever gets you talked about, it, you know, that's, that job's how I make my living, man. So whatever gets you, you know, whatever gets people talking. So I get, you know, I think I told you last time, I, you know, we talked. I mean, I, <laughs> I saw AJ Styles. I said, thanks, AJ. I said, man, you know, you know, you've been, I said, you kept me in the news for the last six months, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> that. You know? <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't, uh, you know, keeps, keeps my personal appearance price, you know, still, Still way up there, so I'm I'm thankful for it. Believe me. So, do you think that that uh, fans now are attaching more to what you were doing in that Hogan match than was actually there? Well, sure, yeah, for certain. Yeah. I mean, look, let's. I mean, let's just say, 
um, look, you can say I didn't do a good job, but I mean, you go, you, you know, you watch me, you know, work in whatever, 96, you know, I bounced around all the time. Like you look at Ziggler now. I mean, if what I did in the Hogan match is overselling, then what Dolph does on a regular basis is, you know, or Billy Gunn, you know, when Billy's the heel, that's just, gotcha. you know, a lot of it is how we, you know, we worked. I mean, if, if that is, and, but look, and I will freely admit, you know, I, I was very, you know, that's why I always said, like, I don't really want to be, you know, I can't really be a heel anymore because I wasn't sure I could do it well, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I didn't have that much anger in me and everything else. And that's why, you know, we had to go with, honestly, the real, you know, the smart mouth, you know, sort of ribbon on the square um, type HBK. They wanted the guy from 97. And I said, well, look, you know very well, you know, I'd do this, I'd say that. I mean, I, you know, I'd get between the eyes and stuff like that. And so, I mean, all the stuff that, that we did was all, you know, I never, you know, I mean, I, I think there are people that said, I, you know, like I went off script and stuff like that. I never did that. All that stuff was, you know, approved and heck, you know, Steph, you know, Steph and I wrote my, you know, the, 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 whatever it was, the promo the next night. I mean, heck, we both wrote that. I never did. I've never done anything that I wasn't supposed to, you know, supposed to do. Um, so yeah, but I mean, again, to me, you know, that, I, I, you know, I, I think that's neat about the wrestling business. You know I mean? You, you know I mean? Again, it, it, it never, it, it never, none of it bothers me personally. Let's put it that way. I, you know, if it's, you know, something they want to say, you know, I, I did, I did one little thing in that match and that was, you know, and that was for Kevin Nash and nobody's ever talked about it. You know, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anybody's noticed it except Kevin, you know what I mean? That, you know, but other than that, um, you know, it was uh, it was just me having you know doing a special, special funny thing for you know for Kevin Nash in that match. But other than that, I was out there, you know, trying obviously obviously too hard, I guess, in some people's eyes to you know to just you know make it a good match because it felt like you know it wasn't gonna be. I do I do love that. That's a great Pat Patterson quote that that the mind that you can just put something out there and let the wrestling fan create their own story behind it um i want to also you brought up uh, aj styles what do you think of uh the idea that aj and shane mcmahon is going to be the wrestlemania match because i i think that they're and the reason why the uh, aj sean match was looked at as such a dream match is because there's a lot of similarities between you guys and i think that right now a lot of people would say that aj is one of if not the most talented guy on the roster the same way they would say that about you, you know, a few years back. Um, so, like, I guess I don't know if uh, if you want to tell me what you think about the AJ Shane pairing, or 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 what would you, how would you feel if you were in AJ's position? Well, you know, I I, I would actually do my do my best to have the best match I could, which I'm sure he's gonna do. Um, look, I mean, I. I uh, you know, I don't know if that's the match. I, I know that um, it was tough for them, I, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm breaking something with you, and I don't even know if I should. But look, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I could have had that match. They, they did not have a, you know, a, you know, a, a, an opponent for AJ at WrestleMania. Um, but it just isn't, you know, um, it's just not something. Um, and and and, you know, I for every, you know, because I addressed that it, I hadn't been asked because I hadn't, um, you know, but then I was, you know, it, it was just something that, you know, it, you know, 
we don't have anybody to work with. It's, you know, and everybody would like to see you guys, you know, are, are you interested? And I just look, I mean, I just, you know, I, I wish he, wish that young man was here 10 years ago, man. I honestly do. Um, he's, he's, I think he's very talented, uh, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think him and Shane will, you know, will, will have a, a pretty decent match. I, I, you know, I, I have only seen him, you know, one time that was the, the, the match with John. I mean, he's very, you know, he, my goodness, he's unbelievably talented and, and, and look, that's what, that's what talent does. And, uh, and, you know, is, is go out there, um, you know, and, and, and have great matches with people that think they can't have great matches with. And I, I think that'll be, I think it's good. I mean, I, even though I know, you know, wrestling fans want, you know, sort of what they want and, and, and we need to do our best WWE to, to try to give that to them at the same time as a performer, I think it's good to be challenged. You know, I, I really do. I think it's, it's, it's good to, to have people, um, make you have to be better, um, than, than, than you might be. And, and I think if, if you get a, um, you know, again, Vince was not, the, you know, the most talented guy. I mean, I, I'd take Shane over Vince any day of the week. <laughs> Shane, you know, Shane, Shane can do a lot of stuff and he is open and willing to do anything. Um, and, 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 and I think for the most part, you know, he can do it. I mean, I had really good matches, I think with Shane, um, mm-hmm. But and, and I even had a really good match with Vince. Um, but and and he'll be the first one to tell you that you know, you know I'm limited at best. But uh, gosh, you well. But the thing is, the great thing about them is is that they are you know they're McMahon's and you can you know you it's 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 such a strong character. And to be perfectly honest, physically AJ can do anything. Um, but gosh, the 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 the, the, the to me the the most enjoyment out of the job. Is mixing, yeah, some of the physical stuff that you can do, but then you know, mix it, learn how to, you know, tell stories and that psychology and yeah, and and making something mean, you know, more than it than it would without having you know without having to cut a one and a half or whatever it's called, four sixty or nine fifty or whatever the heck they're calling these <laughs> days. You, what you know what I mean? And yeah, again, yeah. That's not that's not again to be critical of anyone, but. The key is is again to be able to tell a unbelievable story and create a memorable historic moment, and you can do that, I think, with anybody, especially at WrestleMania. I mean, the the the, the table is set um, for for things like that at WrestleMania, and it's up to the performers to go out there and, and take advantage of it. Well, Sean, you know I love talking to you, and uh, you want to talk about telling incredible stories. Uh, I would recommend. Anybody who's going to be in Orlando, uh, WrestleMania weekend, check out the Click event on Saturday. It's you, it's X-Pac, it's uh, Kevin Nash, it's Scott Hall. Uh, where can people get tickets and all that information? Yeah, it's at uh, uh, one night with you know, showclicks.com. It's C-L-I-X, show, C-L-I-X.com. Uh, one night only with the Click. And you know that's the cool thing. I mean, we got, you know, got different levels and stuff like that. We're doing a number uh, of different things, going for a limo ride with with certain folks, Q and A for certain folks, photos and meet and greets and stuff like that. It's going to be a, a pretty cool shindig uh, there in Orlando, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, and it's not like you said. I mean, it's not very often that the four of you get together just amongst the four of you. So I, I can't imagine that fans are going to have all that many opportunities to meet all you guys at the same time. 
Yeah, well, again, we, you know, we, we hope they do. It'll be, it'll be, a, you know, it'll be an unbelievably uh, fun evening, that's for sure. Yeah, and do you know uh, if you're doing? I mean, this is the first time WWE's been back in that building since uh, you retired Ric Flair in it. Do you know if you're going to do uh, anything for WrestleMania? Yeah, well, I think I'm doing the the, the pre-show thingy. Um, all right. But but as of right now, uh, that that's all I know, and and I, you know I likely assume that's it you know again unless something uh happens at the last minute but right now it's going to be you know it's still a pretty darn busy weekend with appearances and stuff like that but uh like you know not, not you know i'm doing my best not to you know to do too much work <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> you know. well it's important i'm sure i'll see you down there uh and everybody should check out the show thanks a lot sean it's always good talking to you yeah same same here man uh, again appreciate you dude you're always uh you're always there for us, buddy. And, the, and again, I'm looking forward to seeing your WrestleMania weekend. All right, man. Sounds good. Here is Sam Roberts. The incredible Shawn Michaels. Huge thanks to him. I always love having him on the show. And that's really interesting to me. I've never heard him before say, first of all, you know, I hope that you guys were with me and, and were as interested as I was in the idea that the Shawn Michaels that debuted with Marty Jannetty as part of the Rockers, that the, the Heartbreak Kid is all one character that's had one kind of long arc. There really aren't a lot of guys who have that sort of one long arc. I guess Hulk Hogan is a guy that you would say WrestleMania 1, Hulkamania, through WWE, WCW, Hollywood, NWO, The Return, Mr. America era. That's I guess that's all one character storyline that goes through multiple promotions. But, like, for instance... You talk about Kevin Nash. I don't think that the Diesel character is an incarnation of Kevin Nash. I think there's Diesel and there's Kevin Nash, and it's two characters that he played. X-Pac, you know, I don't think, I think 1, 2, 3, Kids, 6, and X-Pac, it's the same guy, it's various incarnations, but it's not one story that's being told. We're using a performer to play a new character that might be based on his old character, but it's not, you know, The Undertaker. The Undertaker is one character. Even in his American Badass days, it's one sort of journey that you travel along with. So I just think it's very interesting. Uh, and Rick, obviously, Ric Flair is, is one character because he's always been Ric Flair. But it's, it's a very interesting thing to think about it in those terms, uh, which I've never done before for a guy like Shawn Michaels, but it's 100% right. Uh, that's not the only thing. You know, the, the Click event, definitely get tickets for that show if you haven't already. There's a lot of... And when you look at the top tier stuff, there's a lot of really exciting things that as a fan, I, I loved it that some of these guys, like for the Click event and some of the other things, they're really figuring out how to make moments for wrestling fans. Like they're offering these packages, like there's a limo ride with the Click, like it's all these things that you would dream about as a kid that are actually possible right now. Uh, and for me... I would recommend doing it. Just pony up the dough, spend whatever you can spend on it because it's one of those things that in the long run, five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, if you're a fan of this stuff, like a real like hardcore fan, you're not going to remember what you paid for it, but you are going to remember the experience that you had. So it's a, it's a very cool thing to offer. Um, that's not the only thing. My pals at WrestlePro, uh, Pat Buck and the gang, are going to be doing a show as part of WrestleCon. 
uh, in Orlando. I would absolutely recommend checking that show out. I think WrestleCon, if you Google WrestleCon, you'll be able to find all of it. But they've got like Cody Rhodes and Ryback and the BWO and a whole bunch of stuff going on on the WrestlePro show. And it's awesome to see an East Coast indie fed, especially a new one like WrestlePro, show up in Orlando and put on an amazing show. Uh, so definitely check that out if you have time. And I, I, I wanted, I didn't have time. I, at some point, I want to get Joey Janela on the wrestling podcast. He's a uh, an East Coast indie guy. He's gotten a lot of buzz for the stuff he's done in CCW. And he's a good guy, and he's hungry for this stuff, and he's a little bit out of his mind. Uh, but he's doing his own show. Joey Janela's got his own, like, spring break show. I think it's midnight one night. Again, Google WrestleCon or Joey Janela's spring break and find tickets to that. But he's, like... He's booked himself in a match with Marty Jannetty. He's got Glacier showing up. He's got Dink, but not Doink. It's it's amazing. It's like if 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 you were a fan of all weird wrestling and got to book your own show with you in the main event, that's Joey Janela's Spring Break. So I think that's going to be a fun show too. Uh, and we'll get Joey on the show eventually. If you're not going to be in Orlando, it's a, it's a crying shame. But I know there are a lot of you that won't be. But you still want to do something impressive. You're going to be able to impress some friends, some family, whoever you've got over with cooking skills. And you're probably looking at me going, yeah, but Sam, I can't cook. So how am I going to be able to impress anybody with my cooking skills? That's easy. Blue Apron, my friend, uh, because for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron is going to be able to deliver easy-to-follow seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. Whether you want to impress your wife, whether you want to impress a friend, whether you want to uh, prove to your parents that you are indeed an adult, Blue Apron is the solution to your problems. Okay, They partner with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. to ensure that all of their ingredients are the highest quality and because they ship the exact amount that you need, they're reducing food waste. You're saving the earth. You're eating healthier. Maybe you can lose a couple pounds. You're eating uh, 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 in a much less expensive way, and you're impressing people uh, with your cooking abilities. Uh, you can get uh, some of the uh, meals that are available in March are like uh, salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli. You get pork chops with miso butter and bok, uh, with bok choy and marinated apple. See, this is the real deal. Vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips. Spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. People are going to think you've become a Michelin chef. And you're still just dopey old you. Check out this week's menu and get your first three, three meals for free. One, two, three. With free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Roberts. I ask you to support the show, and what am I giving you in, in return? Free food. I'm feeding you. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Roberts. Blueapron.com slash Roberts. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Um, the other thing that's interesting about WrestleMania weekend is what's going on, and maybe we should talk about it more in the state of wrestling, but what's going on in uh, uh, at Fan Access. I guess we're just talking about it here, because both... So, Fan Access is a really great event, and I've been there a bunch of times. WWE has really sort of fleshed out exactly what that event is, and it's this, it's this huge Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory fan fest of an event. You go... There's autograph signings. There's my favorite 
is usually the Hall of Fame exhibit because you get to see a bunch of old memorabilia, tights, belts, and they do it as per whoever's going into the Hall of Fame this year. And then they'll have extra stuff. Like they'll have, I'm sure they're going to, I don't know who it'll be. Did, oh yeah, maybe it'll be Ric Flair. There's supposed to be a, a, there's a new statue that gets unveiled every year. They do those bronze statues. Remember the uh, Seth Rollins one got his head cut off? Uh, and I think they had the Seth Rollins head last year at WrestleMania. But uh, weren't there rumors that Ric Flair was getting a statue made of him or something? I don't know who it'll be this year. There's a Bruno San Marcino statue, a Dusty Rhodes statue. Um, then there, there'll probably be a whole bunch of Rick Rude tights, I would imagine. I always love going to see the Macho Man tights and the championship titles, not belts, pal, titles for me are are the coolest thing but they also have like the elimination chamber set up for photo ops and they have a ring and a, and a and a small arena that's set up to do last year they did nxt not only did they do nxt matches they did nxt tv tapings so they do nxt they've also got the 205 live guys they've also got the uk tournament guys and they say that they're bringing in guys from icw and progress wrestling uh, which are uh, groups in the UK that are indie groups, which is going to be really cool to see. And obviously, they're competing with the independent stuff that's going on around the same time. Um, I'm super interested in it because, like I said, when the UK tournament was on, I was pretty unfamiliar with a lot of the guys wrestling. And uh, I get Fight Spirit magazine. Those guys send it to me every month, which I think is awesome. Um, and so I, I, like, I know who they are, but I don't get to see the matches. So the idea that I actually will get to see maybe some ICW Insane Championship Wrestling and Progress matches is very, very cool to see. Uh, speaking of stuff that gets sent to me in the mail, I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Pro Wrestling Crate because Pro Wrestling Crate uh, sent me this, this month's crate, and it's amazing. This is like the, the Bruce Pritchard pro, uh, podcast. When I told you I just found this Bruce Pritchard podcast and I really liked it and it became the biggest thing in the world, I wonder why. Uh, Bruce, Bruce. I love you. But the other thing that I love is Pro Wrestling Crate. Uh, I got one in the mail this week, and it's amazing. So they do – it's like one any of those you know subscription services where they send you a blind box of stuff, and you open it, and there's a whole bunch of cool stuff in it. Uh, they sell out all the time, so you want to sign up. Um, but this month was indies. It was just general indies. So I was like, ah, we'll see what's in there. Everything in the crate this month I like. Everything there's the I get the one with all the t-shirts. So I get a, a Marty Scrawl t-shirt, a, a Ricochet t-shirt, a Kenny Omega shirt. It's not just scraps left over; like it's exclusive. I have a Kenny Omega shirt that you don't have because of this thing. There's a little Colt Cabana action figure, like a little micro brawler. Oh uh, yeah, you know who that is. Sorry, Pro Wrestling Crate. Lila interrupted your plug. But if you go to Pro Wrestling Crate, uh, and there's also a, you know what my favorite thing is. Not the Colt Cabana micro brawler. There is a set of dominoes. Cliff, oh boy, Cliff Compton dominoes. The guy who played Domino. He's got his own dominoes. It's amazing. So go to prowrestlingcrate.com and uh, oh, that's Jess punishing Lila. And if you want to put in promo code, oh my God, just grab her by the collar, Jess. Shake her. You can shake it. You can't shake a baby, but you can shake a dog. It's fine. She's a giant dog. She's not a puppy. You can shake a big dog like that. Won't hurt anybody. If you, you didn't shut the door. <laughs> if you go to prowrestlingcrate.com and you put in promo code NOTSAM, I think they'll give you 20% off uh, your subscription rate. 
So if you subscribe to Pro Wrestling Crate at ProWrestlingCrate.com and you put in the promo code NOTSAM, you'll get 20% off. So I would recommend doing that. Uh, and if you like getting stuff in the mail, boy, these things don't stop. Let me talk to you about MeUndies. I use MeUndies. Not a rib. I use MeUndies and I love MeUndies. I feel like a wrestling superstar in my MeUndies because they fit tight and they make your body look good. Oh, are they comfortable? It's all I wear. Me undies, me undies is a, it's a, it's an underwear service. So you know, you can't, you can't be sitting there with with plain underwear anymore. Not in 2017. The people that you're dating, they look at that stuff. The same way you can't wear plain socks anymore. You got to wear cool socks with some kind of character on it, and it's the same thing with underwear. Luckily, me undies has a brand new pair of underwear every single month they get they get cool people to design they send them right to your door and you get mail in every month you get a new pair of underwear so if you don't like doing laundry subscribe to this thing after a year you got a pretty nice rotation plus you know your underwear is probably wearing out at home you're wearing those tidy whitey hanes or whatever garbage get the me undies and you'll have a new pair every single month they're seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door, designed in Los Angeles from substantially sourced or sustainably sourced uh, micro-modal uh, fabric that's three times softer than cotton. Me undies, softer than soft, luxe undies, come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. Guess what? You save money, and not only do you save money on underwear, you're actually saving money on me undies. Because I'm going to give you 20% off your first pair. That's right. You're not ready to subscribe to uh, me undies. That's okay. You save either way. Me undies is offering you 20% off your first pair when you use our special URL, meundies.com/sam. Meundies.com/sam. So go ahead and revamp your underwear drawer because you deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash Sam for 20% off your first pair. MeUndies.com slash Sam. I'm giving you discounted underpants, okay? I am the best friend that you have. MeUndies.com slash Sam. And with that, we find our way into the state of wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Some of you probably think it uh, is unprofessional to leave Lila barking in the podcast, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm the last professional broadcaster, so I'm far from unprofessional, and I happen to know that it adds character. Lila can bark all she wants, because then it's like I'm connecting with you even more. You're hanging out with my dog now. We found out this week who going to be doing a lot of the inductions into the Hall of Fame. So the first thing we found out was that John Cena was going to be inducting Kurt Angle. Uh, I think it's fitting, and I think it's definitely a big marquee thing. Uh, I think that John Cena probably has a lot to say about Kurt Angle uh, in terms of the impact that Kurt Angle had on his career when he first entered the main roster. I had hoped that I had predicted that Stone Cold was going to do it. I still think that that, I mean, that would have been amazing, but it's just always good to see Stone Cold on stage. Uh, but so John Cena is going to be inducting Kurt Angle. Uh, we've got Natty, Natty Neidhart inducting Beth Phoenix. 
which I think is cool. Uh, again, that's probably that probably makes more sense on a personal level. Uh, I'm su- I I would imagine Santino will have something to do with that induction, whether he does some type of a skit or something. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if Santino had done the induction. Um, but it will be it will be Natty, and I think Natty's going to knock it out of the park because uh, I know the two of them have a pretty real connection, and I'm I I can't wait to see Beth Phoenix go in. Uh, and the big shocker to everybody was Jim Cornette is inducting the Rock and Roll Express, which it's fitting, and it also really drives the point home that for everybody that thinks that there's a WWE blacklist. I don't think it exists. You know, I think time heals all wounds. I think there's a, a, a an appropriate place for just about everybody. And I don't think that there will ever come a time where you look at somebody and go, well, they're done forever. Well, they'll never be back. Everybody comes back eventually. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Amazing to hear the speech that Jim Cornette gives. I mean, it's also going to be amazing the fact that he will be sharing a backstage with guys like Kevin Owens, who he has not been kind to in the past whatsoever, and who is now a main event marquee player uh, uh, regardless of what Jim Cornette has said. So, you know, putting Jim Cornette into a backstage area where there's that many people who don't like him is kind of amazing. Uh, But I'm super, super interested in his speech uh, and how that's going to go. I think it's going to be entertaining. Uh, I, I, I think, I don't know if it'll be, uh, you know, it won't be the greatest Hall of Fame of all time, but it will be amazing to see Kurt Angle again. I don't think this will be the last you see from Kurt Angle. I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know anything, obviously. But if it were me, I would put Kurt Angle in the role of Raw General Manager immediately after WrestleMania. Uh, Mick Foley, talk about going out on a high note. The last two weeks for Mick Foley on Monday Night Raw have been certainly the best he's done in the last nine months, and they rank up there high. The Triple H segment two weeks ago to close Raw, where he finally busted out Sako again, and then the opening segment this week, where his mic went out, but right before his mic went out, where he was like, index cards, index cards. I mean, they were able, and I think he was able, to tap into something that was very, very real and go with it and and be legit about it. And, and I, I really, I really liked the way he went out. You know, even though he was fired by tyrannical bosses, he was able to go out on his own terms and with good segments. It was nice to see, because we've seen Mick Fur as the general manager was kind of this sort of submissive, get-along guy. You know, he just wanted to make sure that everybody was cool, and he was getting along with everybody, and there was, like, there was no hardcore to Mick Foley as general manager of Raw. He was kind of just, he became Stephanie McMahon's whipping boy on screen, the character. So... To get that reminder that Mick Foley is not somebody to mess around with was super cool. I loved seeing flashes of old Mick Foley. Like, yes, we were scared of him. Like, not this guy that Triple H comes to the ring 
and kind of goofs on. Because for a long time, Triple H, the character, has had a very condescending view of Mick Foley, the character. And that's, you know, older Mick Foley, sweatpants Mick Foley, uh, nice Santa Claus Mick Foley. But what we saw in the last two weeks was the reason why in 97, I want to say, Hunter Hearst Helmsley in Madison Square Garden was terrified when he found out that he would not be facing dude love or mankind in a street fight, that Cactus Jack had returned to WWE to take him on in a New York street fight. Go back, find the episode of Raw where Cactus Jack comes to the WWE for the first time to take on Hunter Hearst Helmsley right before he was Triple H. And you look at him. He's afraid of Cactus Jack because guys were afraid of him. Look at the look at Mick Foley's, in my mind, the last two real matches of Mick Foley's career before the comeback tour started. Those last two matches, to me, uh, to me are masterpieces. I love them. It's the Hell in a Cell match with Triple H. I think it's called, I think the pay-per-view is No Way Out. Could be wrong. It was the February pay-per-view that year. And then Royal Rumble, before that. Those two matches with Triple H. The street fight with Triple H. Cactus Jack versus Hunter. And then the Hell in a Cell with Cactus Jack versus Triple H. Are two amazing matches. And there is no goof factor to them at all. And that's something that I think is important to remember. You know, Mick Foley is such a likable guy. And we've all become aware of that, but we weren't aware of that. Mick Foley was a guy who had a leather mask on that hung out with rats in a basement. And that's what we were reminded of over the last two weeks. So if we go by the theory that all's well that ends well, I would say Mick Foley's run was a success. You know, if we look at all the weeks of Mick Foley as the general manager, that's probably arguable. But point being, he was brilliant the last two weeks, and I'm glad that he had the opportunity to be brilliant over those last two weeks. Uh, before we dive headfirst into Raw, speaking of brilliant, how about Southpaw Regional Wrestling? I don't know where they found all that talent, mind you, but damn, was that entertaining. And that's, you know, obviously WWE was inspired by stuff that's happened on the internet prior to Southpaw Regional Wrestling, but to bring it all together, like only the WWE can, and to really commit to it, you know, there, there was no WWE polish on it. They went for the funny. And it, it seemed like whoever was responsible for it, and I'm sure that Gallows and Anderson contributed a lot to it. Because Tex Ferguson may be new, but not only has Sex Ferguson been around for a while, but we've talked about him with Luke Gallows on this podcast before. Um, but... That's to me, those things are so cool for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's just unique and hilarious and 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 something different. And I would love to see them figure out a way to incorporate that. You, you have to, in order to do, because people are talking about like, oh, they should have a match at WrestleMania. There should be some kind of, you know, I first I I think you got to wait till Lethal Leap Year. Yeah, and that's about, what, four years away, I guess, the next leap year? If only this this year was a leap year. So if they had literally done this a month ago, we could have actually had a lethal leap year. I don't know why they put this out in March when if they had put it out in February, we could have actually had lethal leap year on leap year. 
but instead we're going to have to wait several years. Regardless, it'll be worth the wait. You can't do Southpaw Regional Wrestling in, uh, in, a, in as part of a WWE show because you can't you can't do it in that arena. They can't do it. First of all, that you could not have that in a stadium. You can't. You you literally, if if WWE wants to keep doing this right, and I hope they do. And part of it is getting the talent. Like they need to get those guys. Like okay, you guys having fun with this? Let's really have fun with this. Take one of your days off, and they need to get everybody. They need to get Chad Too Bad and Tex Ferguson, and everybody. Surf dudes with attitudes. Everybody. The sea creature, they need to rent out a TV studio. And they need to set up an old school ring and some bleachers and make a YouTube series. South Park Regional Wrestling, and that's one of those things that they can do. You know, do whatever, 10 10-minute episodes. You could do 12 10-minute episodes. You could do a season of 10-minute episodes at one taping. You know, and you could even plant the fans so that the internet, you know, because that would kind of spoil it if you actually had like photos of fans taking photos. Plant the fans. Have the office workers come and wear like lousy t shirts and actually look like an 80s TV audience. But you got to rent out a TV studio, and I hope they do. As popular and as much as the internet is buzzing about this thing, can you imagine? Actually, you could probably do it in the warehouse in Stanford. If you put some bleachers in the warehouse in Stanford, with the ring in there and just get people from the office to go down to the warehouse and do the TV show there and just shoot it like an old school TV studio wrestling show. Oh, it'd be so brilliant. It'd be so great. Nobody would get injured either because it would just be like smack talking and, and, you know, headlocks, rest holes. It'd be the greatest. And John Cena and Drunk Fandango doing commentary. Ugh, ugh. There's a lot of potential there. I hope they do it. They definitely could. Uh, but but it takes a lot of commitment. Uh, I thought, getting back to Raw. Raw was, uh, again, I Raw would be an amazing two-hour show. I, I don't think you can have, as much as I like Austin Aries, you can tell in those matches. The purple ropes and the little logos on the canvas suck the energy out of the crowd. That's what's going on with the Cruiserweight division. If you just had Austin Aries come out, because when you have to change the ropes, at least they're not changing the commentary team anymore, I guess, but Austin Aries was amazing. But when you when you have to change what the building looks like and alert the audience to this is something different, then they're saying, okay, those people before were superstars. So let me, well, the, this must be the intermission act. That's how it comes across, and that's always how it's going to come across because of the way the WWE is marketed. Because Raw is pushed as this amazing super show. If you're putting something on Raw that isn't Raw, it's not going to be better than. It's going to be less than. It's not going to be on the same level. It's going to be less than. So you have to you have to do cruiserweights without changing everything. You have to do cruiserweights like it's just part of the show. And then people can get accustomed to it and, and actually get invested in these characters. But, you know, whatever. Nobody wants to listen to me. They're still not interacting with the main roster. It's just, it is what it is. Austin Aries uh, is such a star in that division, but it's not. It's being done in such a way that it sucks the energy out of the room. Uh, so, you know, if you eliminated some of that stuff, you could have a really solid, you could have a, a SmackDown-level good show 
with Raw, but it's not possible with the format that they're in right now. Uh, as I said, Mick Foley was great. I thought they did really good with Chris Jericho this week because Chris Jericho, again, pulled back. See, and that's what people were worried about. People were talking about the Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho team as this, like, comedy act. And the risk was, are you going to be able to rebuild the credibility in these guys? That was one of the criticisms of the Kevin Owens title run was that he didn't come across as, like, a badass dude anymore. He wasn't a prize fighter while he was champion. He was a, a chicken bad guy who became a comedy act with Chris Jericho. Like, that's what they were getting a lot of cheers based on. Which is fine, because both those guys are so good that they can pull out of that and remind people who they are. Chris Jericho came across as a tough son of a bitch on Raw this week. Chris Jericho reminded us who Chris Jericho is. Chris Jericho, he was able to, through his words, reminded us that he is an accomplished guy that he has fought the best and beaten the best that WWE has to offer. It's like, oh yeah, that's the legend. That's Chris Jericho. That's a guy who's been around. That's a guy who's beaten The Rock and Stone Cold and John Cena and everybody and Shawn Michaels. That's the guy. Right, he's been in the ring with all of them. And now he's going in to WrestleMania with Kevin Owens. I think it's, it's interesting that he hasn't defended the U.S. title at all uh, during the build-up to this Kevin Owens match. But again, I think that that adds to it. The same way that I like that uh, Finn Balor did not really wrestle except for that Roman Reigns match. He never wrestled leading into SummerSlam against Seth Rollins. It makes it more special. And I think that uh, that, that is going to make this WrestleMania match more special, the fact that they haven't had matches with each other or anybody leading to it. Um Kevin Owens, again, it didn't take any, and, and, and the segment was so great because it didn't take anything away from Kevin Owens either because Kevin Owens was able to come out and, and kick the crap out of Chris Jericho after the segment. But, you know, this reminder that Kevin Owens is not this tough guy, he's a wrestling fan, and Chris Jericho was one of his heroes, and it was just so, it's very well done, and uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho both have to be on cloud nine leading into this year's WrestleMania just because the story has been told so well, so well, and I don't think Chris Jericho thought at this point in his career that he would still be doing stuff that's this good, and that he enjoyed this much, because clearly he enjoys it, uh, but he is, he is, and to reach arguably the top of your game at this point in your career, if you're Chris Jericho, is among the most rewarding things a person can do, and so I, he deserves all this credit, it really, really has been awesome, um, you know, we're still left with some questions for WrestleMania. So people are a little bummed that it looks like Finn Balor will not be returning in time for WrestleMania uh, because obviously they're going full full force with the Seth Rollins-Triple H match. You know, making it an unsanctioned match is it's an interesting way to get around it. Um, but obviously he's going to accept the match, right? So uh, I think it's a, a, an interesting way to do it, and it's fine and it's good. But it leaves us with some questions. Um, I don't mind 
that Finn Balor is not at WrestleMania this year, to tell you the truth. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think that uh, there's no story for him. So I think it would just be Finn Balor for the sake of Finn Balor. I think we're going to have time to see the Demon perform at WrestleMania. And I would love it to really mean something. The Demon is not supposed to come out until the Demon really needs to come out. And that's what you want to see at WrestleMania. You want to see that Demon entrance. And to be fair, Finn Balor has not had a ton of time to establish himself on the main roster. He got injured quickly. So I don't think it's a bad thing that he's not there. I think that if he had returned a month ago and a story had been built for him, then that would be one thing. But the guy's been injured since August. And and the stories that are going into WrestleMania, I mean, think about it. The Lesnar-Goldberg uh, uh, story started at Survivor Series in November. Triple H versus Seth Rollins arguably started years ago. That's the amazing thing about that story. Arguably started years ago. You could say, technically, technically this version, the lead to this match, started right after SummerSlam when Kevin Owens won the Universal title. But again, that's that's August. That's when Finn Balor leaves. So that's August, September. Lesnar and, and Goldberg is now November. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, right around the same time. They started teaming around August, September. So all these builds have technically been going on for months. The, 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 the puzzle pieces that are in play have been going on. The only thing that hasn't been going... Well, and it has been going on for months. The Shane McMahon-AJ Styles match has technically been going on since after the Royal Rumble. I'll give it February, but the idea... The AJ Styles-Shane McMahon rivalry started when AJ did not get his one-on-one rematch with John Cena. So that's been since February. So you don't have time to put Finn Balor in a position to shine the way you have the rest of the main matches on the card. Think about how long this Randy Orton-Bray Wyatt story has been going to. Look down the card of this year's WrestleMania. They say that WrestleMania, and, and Undertaker versus Roman Reigns has been building since Royal Rumble. They say that WrestleMania is not for WWE fans. It's for a mainstream audience, and sometimes that's true. But I don't remember a WrestleMania where literally every match has meant something. Literally every match has a story behind it on the Raw and the SmackDown sides. The SmackDown stories have been better told. But every match on this year's WrestleMania card has a story behind it. It's like old school. If you go to if you're a kid and you go to WrestleMania with your dad this year who doesn't watch wrestling, you're going to be able to sit there and explain to him why every match is happening. Well, first he did this and then he did that and he did this and he did that. Not just, well, he's a good guy and he's a bad guy or oh, they don't like each other. Every match has a has a story and almost none of them have been rushed. So to me, this has been a really great WrestleMania build, especially compared to the last couple years. The last couple years, expectations have been low going into WrestleMania. I would say maybe starting with 29-ish, 
I don't remember expectations for WrestleMania 29, to be fair. Expectations for WrestleMania 30 were low uh, until they changed the main event to include Daniel Bryan. But, I mean, that was a month before, if that. I don't remember the exact timeline. Uh, probably No, it was less than a month before. That was weeks before WrestleMania. They finally changed it to get the crowd behind them. But 31 had very, very low expectations and ended up being incredible. That's the one Seth Rollins won the title. And 32 had very, very low expectations. And when you come across from that WrestleMania, it was a good show. It wasn't the best WrestleMania of all time, but it was a, it was a very good show. Um, so I think the fact that expectations are really not that low, and justifiably they are not that low for this year's WrestleMania is a good sign. And I don't see how this show is not great, to tell you the truth. I don't see how this year's WrestleMania isn't great. With the way that everything has been built, I just and and the and the matches that are being presented. I don't see I don't see how it's not going to be a success. The question so and that's why the Finn Balor thing doesn't bother me so much because there isn't any spot unless you like cuz you're not going to throw them the disposable and you know it's unfortunate the disposable spots are like you know, as much as I love Gallows and Anderson, the triple threat tag match, you know, as much as I love what SmackDown's been doing, the SmackDown women's match is disposable. You know, there are a, a very select few spots where there's some disposable, there's a little bit of disposable time. But other than that, there isn't. And you're looking at a WrestleMania where we don't know what we're doing. The New Day doesn't have a match. They're the hosts. Braun Strowman... Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, and the entire SmackDown tag team division are not on the show as of this recording. And there's 12 matches, and they're all blockbuster matches already lined up. So I don't mind Finn Balor, you know, not risking getting lost in the shuffle in this show. And in my opinion, I believe we will see uh, the, the coronation of Finn Balor as one of Raw's top guys, if not Raw's top guy, uh, after WrestleMania. I think starting literally the Monday after WrestleMania, you will see Finn Balor uh, rise, I believe. I don't know, but that's what I would do. I would, I, If it were me, I would keep Finn Balor off WrestleMania. I love the guy. I would keep him off WrestleMania, and I would build to next year's WrestleMania starting Monday night, whatever it is, April 3rd, I guess. Um... So there's that. The Braun Strowman thing shocks me a little bit. Um, that, you know, I, I feel like sh there should be something for Braun. It's very, very strange that they have had such an effective build to this giant monster, this monster among men, and there is nothing for him uh, at WrestleMania as of right now. I don't see him getting involved in the Roman Undertaker match because I think that the Roman Undertaker match just means too much to the WWE. I think that they are really hoping that Roman can be coronated somehow in this match. And I don't know if it'll work. Um, I'm not mad at it because I think we're seeing a more dickish, bad guy-ish Roman Reigns throughout this process, which is what we want to see. So I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at the match whatsoever. But you are left with Braun Strowman with nothing to do, and I think involving him in that Undertaker-Roman Reigns match would be a huge mistake. Um, you know, I, I, I also don't... I think he's too much of a draw 
and too much of an attraction, an attraction for that Andre Battle Royal, it depends, right? So if after WrestleMania, the plan is for Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman to go back at what they were doing, then Braun should not be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. If you want to refresh Braun Strowman after WrestleMania and not and 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 have people forget that he lost to Roman Reigns clean, then you know maybe winning the Battle Royal would be good for him. I don't know. I don't think he needs it. But if you want to refresh him, that's something you could do. Uh, I don't think Samoa Joe needs to win the Andre Battle Royal. Uh, I don't think Sam, I, like though Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman to me, don't belong in that battle royal. Like, they're already at the top of where they are. Sami Zayn is main eventing house shows is one of the top good guys, and there were people injured, and I get it, but he's still one of the top guys on Raw. So, you know, and I, I would assume that they're not doing a Samoa Joe-Sami Zayn match at WrestleMania since they just did it on, on Raw, and Samoa Joe beat him. Unless they're going to sneak it into the pre-show or something, I just, I don't know what those guys are doing, but I am... Uh, interested and anxious to find out you know i think it'll be i think it's it's worth looking into um let's talk about uh uh well we'll talk about smackdown real quick uh smackdown was great no no big surprise there um they they did great storytelling for each match going towards wrestlemania and we're now at this place where we know what the field looks like and i think we're going to be set up for success uh, next week in the go-home show. You know, I think that that's going to paint a very clear picture. Uh, I personally, I hope that Bray Wyatt, because Jim and myself, Jim Norton and myself, will be at Radio Row this year at WrestleMania, and you'll hear a bunch of those interviews on the podcast. You'll also be able to hear them live if you listen to the SiriusXM morning show. Hopefully we will talk to Bray Wyatt at Radio Row, because I want to hear his opinions on this more blatantly satanic theme of the Wyatts. I think that you know, the, with the symbol and the, like, I think I think Bray Wyatt is is becoming a Satanist character. I don't mind it because that religious stuff does not offend me in the slightest. I know people who are offended by it, and personally, I like when stuff offends some people. I like when there's stuff on SmackDown that some people find offensive. I don't think that they cross the line. I don't think it's in bad taste. But I like that it makes people uncomfortable. And Bray Wyatt, quite frankly, should make people uncomfortable. I like the idea of Bray Wyatt being maybe more Satanist without actually saying Satanist. Uh, And some people don't, and that's why I like it. So I'm interested to hear what he thinks of that. But that was definitely the direction they were headed in uh, with that promo. And I think that next week on SmackDown, they need to put a lot of time into Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt as a story to really drive it home because right now we're almost there next week we're i feel like we're two weeks away and we've only got one show before wrestlemania so they i think they have to they have to spend a lot of time with that one um i think we're good on aj versus shane i i think that 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 has been taking away attention from bray and randy and so i think we need to maybe reverse those two roles next week on smackdown and shane if you're listening to this podcast and i know you do you better have a new trick for WrestleMania because I've seen you jump off the ring onto that table multiple times, multiple times, even since you've been back now. Very cool to see it on SmackDown, but you better have a new a new trick up your sleeve. Um, obviously, my new re- favorite reality show is Total Bella's BS. Miz and Maurice, just, I mean, Miz is magnificent right now. And what, what a way to 
cap off an amazing year for the Miz. Uh, I I personally think that he should be in the main event scene on SmackDown following WrestleMania. I think it's time for the Miz to be the champion of the world. Call me crazy. I personally think that putting the WWE Championship on the Miz when it was was obviously early and it made for not a great title run. I think it's time for the Miz to be WWE champion. He's such a good bad guy. I mean, he'd be I I want to see it. I think he could do good matches with people. Um and I think that's the direction we need to go in after WrestleMania. Uh I think that this is such a great spot for him and to be in the John Cena match is just incredible and the build to this John Cena, he hasn't failed once. Miz has hit nothing but home runs the entire time he's done this. Since he's been on SmackDown, pretty much, nothing but home runs. And he's only hitting home runs in the build for this John Cena match, uh, the mixed tag match. Uh, do I think there's going to be a proposal? It's Here's the thing. It gets so weird because it's really obvious storyline-wise like that this would be the Macho Man Elizabeth moment for John Cena and Nikki Bella. But... Is John Cena going to marry Nikki Bella in real life? And are they going to, like, is is it going to, is it a wrestling proposal or is it a real proposal? It's so, this reality show has made things so weird that I don't know. I'll tell you how you'll find out. Look at the size of that rock. Because John Cena is buying Nikki Bella a giant diamond if it's a real proposal. If it's a decent diamond, it's a work. If it's a giant diamond, you've got a real proposal on your hands. Um... I love seeing Fandango and John Cena together. It makes me think that they're friends in real life. I don't know if if the John Cena-Fandango match was part of, of somebody's creative idea because they wanted to build off of uh, Southpaw Regional or if they were just like, oh, that was fun. Whatever it was, I love that because it was like, even though JBL specifically mentioned their characters from Southpaw, it was a, a commercial for Southpaw Regional without actually saying it. We all knew as hardcore fans what was going on. Um, so we're in a good place as far as I can see. That's what this, The state of wrestling is in a good state at the moment. And there's rumors that the Hardys have been offered another deal uh, from WWE. It would be for after WrestleMania... But again, I will tell you, if it's... Stop it, Lila. I'm wrapping up. Lila! The Hardys are posed for a Hogan-style tag team run. You know Hogan's last run as a main event, as, as, a, as a returning guy? The Hardys are posed for that as tag teams, and I've said it before. All right. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. We've got a new link to the uh, uh, t-shirt shop. If you want to get a Sam Roberts t-shirt, make sure you go to notsam.com slash merch notsam.com slash merch and you can get all the Sam Roberts t-shirts you want I would recommend it there's the uh, action figure t-shirt there's the 8-bit t-shirt there's the Not Sam mode t-shirt whatever you need I'll have it for you get it notsam.com slash merch and we will see you next week what will it be next week it'll be a matter of days before Wrestlemania oh I can't wait thanks for listening Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.